Section 1 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Pyle. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 10, Section 1. Selected Works of George Coleman, the Elder. George Coleman the Elder, 1733 to 1794. Of the two George Colemans, father and son, familiar to the student of English drama and humor, the son was for two or three generations much the better known to the public through the inclusion of some humorous poems of the coarse practical joking sort dear to the British public, and not unaptly characterized by Macaulay as blackguard doggerel in popular anthologies. But the improvement in taste has retired these, and the father's work as a dramatist has solider merits. George Coleman was the son of an English diplomatist, and born at Florence, but educated in England, entering Christchurch College, Oxford, in 1751, and becoming M.A. in 1758. He studied law in London, but his tastes and an intimacy with Garrick soon led him to abandon this for poetry and playwriting. His first piece, Polly Honeycomb, was acted at Drury Lane with great success in 1760, and the following year the jealous wife, rich in borrowed excellences, had an equal welcome. Neither of them has much originality, but they show an excellent sense of stage effect in humorous situation, and are well put together and harmonized. Later it occurred to Garrick and Coleman that an entertaining play might be made on the lines of Hogarth's Marriage a la Mode, and the result of their joint labors was The Clandestine Marriage, 1766. Garrick made a great hit in this as Lord Ogilby, a faded but witty old man. Coleman also wrote some excellent detached pieces for the connoisseur, and about 1761 became owner of the St. James Chronicle and contributed humorous matter to it. In 1764 he published a translation of the comedies of Terence into English blank verse, which was much praised. In 1768 he became an owner of Covent Garden Theatre, and later managed the Haymarket. For many years he wrote and translated pieces for the stage, and was much respected as a manager and liked as a man. In 1783 he published a translation of Horace's Art of Poetry. He died in 1794, after five years of insanity. The Eavesdropping from The Jealous Wife Scene, Mr. Oakley's House Enter Harriet, following a servant. Harriet, not at home? Are you sure that Mrs. Oakley is not at home, sir? Servant, she has just gone out, madam. Harriet, I have something of consequence. If you will give me leave, sir, I will wait till she returns. Servant, you would not see her if she did, madam. She has given positive orders not to be interrupted with any company today. Harriet. Sure, sir, if you were to let her know that I had particular business. Servant. I should not dare to trouble her indeed, madam. Harriet. How unfortunate this is. What can I do? Pray, sir, can I see Mr. Oakley, then? Servant. Yes, madam. I'll acquaint my master, if you please. Harriet. Pray do, sir. Servant. 
Will you favor me with your name, madam? Harriet, be pleased, sir, to let him know that a lady desires to speak with him. Servant, I shall, madam. Exit servant. Harriet, alone. I wish I could have seen Mrs. Oakley. What an unhappy situation am I reduced to? What will the world say of me, and yet what could I do? To remain at Lady Freelove's was impossible. Charles, I must own, has this very day revived much of my tenderness for him, and yet I dread the wildness of his disposition. I must now, however, solicit Mr. Oakley's protection, a circumstance, all things considered, rather disagreeable to a delicate mind, and which nothing but the absolute necessity of it could excuse. Good heavens! What a multitude of difficulties and distresses am I thrown into, by my father's obstinate perseverance, to force me into a marriage which my soul abhors. Enter Oakley. Oakley. Where is this lady? Seeing her. Bless me, Miss Russet, is it you? Aside. Was ever anything so unlucky? Is it possible, madam, that I see you here? Harriet. It is true, sir, and the occasion on which I am now to trouble you is so much in need of an apology, but the favor, sir, which I would now request of you, is that you will suffer me to remain for a few days in your house. Oakley, aside, if my wife should return before I get her out of the house again. I know of your leaving your father, by a letter we had of him. Upon my soul, madam, I would do anything to serve you, but your being in my house creates a difficulty that— Harriet, I hope, sir, you do not doubt the truth of what I have told you. Oakley, I religiously believe every tittle of it, madam, but I have particular family considerations that— Harriet, sure, sir, you cannot suspect me to be base enough to form any connections in your family contrary to your inclinations while I am living in your house. Oakley, such connections, madam, would do me and all my family great honor. I never dreamed of any scruples on that account. What can I do? Let me see, let me see. Suppose, pausing, enter Mrs. Oakley, behind, in a capuchin, tippet, etc. Mrs. Oakley, I am sure I heard the voice of a woman conversing with my husband. Ha! Seeing Harriet, it is so indeed. Let me contain myself. I'll listen. Harriet, I see, sir, you are not inclined to serve me. Good heavens, what am I reserved to? Why, why did I leave my father's house to expose myself to greater distresses? Ready to weep. Oakley, I would do anything for your sake, indeed I would, so pray be comforted, and I'll think of some proper place to bestow you in. Mrs. Oakley, so, so. Harriet, what place can be so proper as your own home? Oakley, my dear madam, I, I. Mrs. Oakley, my dear madam, mighty well. Oakley, hush, hark, what noise. No, nothing. But I'll be plain with you, madam. We may be interrupted. The family consideration I hinted at is nothing else than my wife. She is a little unhappy in her temper, madam. And if you were to be admitted into the house, I don't know what might be the consequence. Mrs. Oakley, very fine. Harriet, my behavior, sir. Oakley, 
my dear life it would be impossible for you to behave in such a manner as not to give her suspicion harriet but if your nephew sir took everything upon himself oakley still that would not do madam why this very morning when the letter came from your father though i positively denied any knowledge of it and charles owned it yet it was almost impossible to pacify her mrs oakley the letter how have i been bubbled harriet what shall i do what will become of me oakley why look ye my dear madam since my wife is so strong in objection it is absolutely impossible for me to take you into the house nay if i had not known she was gone out just before you came i should be uneasy at your being here even now so we must manage as well as we can i'll take a private lodging for you a little way off unknown to charles or my wife or anybody and if mrs oakley should discover it at last why the whole matter will light upon charles you know mrs oakley upon charles harriet how unhappy is my situation weeping i am ruined forever oakley ruined not at all such a thing as this has happened to many a young lady before you and all has been well again keep up your spirits i'll contrive if i possibly can to visit you every day mrs oakley advancing will you so oh mr oakley i have discovered you at last i'll visit you indeed and you my dear madam i'll harriet madam i don't understand mrs oakley i understand the whole affair and have understood it for some time past you shall have a private lodging miss it is the fittest place for you i believe how dare you look me in the face oakley for heaven's sake my love don't be so violent you are quite wrong in this matter you don't know who you are talking to that lady is a person of fashion mrs oakley fine fashion indeed to beguile other women's husbands harriet dear madam how can you imagine oakley i tell you my dear this is the young lady that charles mrs oakley mighty well but that won't do sir did not i hear you lay the whole intrigue together did not i hear your fine plot of throwing all the blame upon charles oakley nay be cool a moment you must know my dear that the letter which came this morning related to this lady mrs oakley i know it oakley and since that it seems charles has been so fortunate as to mrs oakley oh you deceitful man that trick is too stale to pass again with me it is plain now what you meant by your proposing to take her into the house this morning but the gentlewoman could introduce herself i see oakley fie fie my dear she came on purpose to inquire for you mrs oakley for me better and better did not she watch her opportunity and come to you just as i went out but i am obliged to you for your visit madam it is sufficiently paid pray don't let me detain you oakley for shame for shame mrs oakley how can you be so absurd is this proper behavior to a lady of her character mrs oakley i have heard her character go my fine runaway madam now you've eloped from your father and run away from your aunt go you shan't stay here i promise you oakley prithee be quiet you don't know what you are doing she shall stay mrs oakley she shan't stay a minute oakley 
She shall stay a minute, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year. Steph, madam, she shall stay forever, if I choose it. Mrs. Oakley. How? Harriet. For heaven's sake, sir, let me go. I am frightened to death. Oakley. Don't be afraid, madam. She shall stay, I insist upon it. Russet, within. I tell you, sir, I will go up. I am sure that the lady is here, and nothing shall hinder me. Harriet. Oh, my father, my father! Faints away. Oakley. See, she faints! Catching her. Ring the bell. Who's there? Mrs. Oakley. What, take her in your arms, too? I have no patience. Enter Russet and servants. Russet. Where is this? Ha! Fainting. Running to her. Oh, my dear Harriet! My child, my child! Oakley. Your coming so abruptly shocked her spirits, but she revives. How do you, madam? Harriet, to Russet. Oh, sir. Russet. Oh, my dear girl, how could you run away from your father that loves you with such fondness? But I was sure I should find you here. Mrs. Oakley. There, there. Sure he should find her here. Did not I tell you so? Are not you a wicked man to carry on such base underhand doings with a gentleman's daughter? Russet, let me tell you, sir, whatever you may think of the matter, I shall not easily put up with this behavior. How durst you encourage my daughter to an elopement and receive her in your house? Mrs. Oakley, there, mind that. The thing is as plain as the light. Oakley, I tell you, you misunderstand. Russet, Look you, Mr. Oakley, I shall expect satisfaction from your family for so gross an affront. Zoon, sir, I am not to be used ill by any man in England. Harriet, my dear sir, I can assure you. Russet, hold your tongue, girl. You'll put me in a passion. Oakley, sir, this is all a mistake. Russet, a mistake? Did not I find her in your house? Oakley, Upon my soul, she has not been in the house above. Mrs. Oakley. Did not I hear you say you would take her to a lodging? A private lodging? Oakley. Yes, but that... Russet. Has not this affair been carried on a long time, in spite of my teeth? Oakley. Sir, I never troubled myself. Mrs. Oakley. Never troubled yourself? Did not you insist on her staying at the house, whether I would or no? Oakley, no. Russet, did not you send to meet her when she came to town? Oakley, no. Mrs. Oakley, did not you deceive me about the letter this morning? Oakley, no, 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 I tell you no. Mrs. Oakley, yes, 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 I tell you yes. Russet, Shan't I believe my own eyes? Mrs. Oakley. Shan't I believe my own ears? Oakley. I tell you, you are both deceived. Russet. Zoon, sir. I'll have satisfaction. Mrs. Oakley. I'll stop these fine doings, I warrant you. Oakley. Steph, you will not let me speak. And you are both alike, I think. I wish you were married to one another with all my heart. Mrs. Oakley, mighty well, mighty well. Russet, I shall soon find a time to talk with you. Oakley, 
Find a time to talk. You have talked enough now for all your lives. Mrs. Oakley. Very fine. Come along, sir. Leave that lady with her father. Now she is in the properest hands. Oakley. I wish I could leave you in his hands. Going. Returns. I shall follow you, madam. One word with you, sir. The height of your passions and Mrs. Oakley's strange misapprehension of the whole affair makes it impossible to explain matters to you at present. I will do it when you please, and how you please. Exit. Russet. Yes, yes, I'll have satisfaction. So, madam, I have found you at last. You have made a fine confusion here. Harriet. I have indeed been the innocent cause of a great deal of confusion. Russet. Innocent? What business had you to be running hither after? Harriet. My dear sir, you misunderstand the whole affair. I have not been in this house half an hour. Russet. Soons, girl, don't put me in a passion. You know I love you, but a lie puts me in a passion. Come along, we'll leave this house directly. Charles, singing without. Heyday, what now? After a noise without, enter Charles, drunk and singing. But my wine neither nurses nor babies can bring, and a big-bellied bottle's a mighty good thing. What's here? A woman. A woman. Harriet! Impossible! My dearest, sweetest Harriet, I have been looking all over the town for you, and at last, when I was tired and weary and disappointed, why, then the honest Major and I sat down together to drink your health in pint bumpers. Running up to her. Russet. Stand off! How dare you take any liberties of my daughter before me? Zoon, sir, I'll be the death of you. Charles. Ha! Squire Russet, too! You jolly old cock, how do you? But Harriet, my dear girl, taking hold of her, my life, my soul, my... Russet, let her go, sir. Come away, Harriet. Leave him this instant, or I'll tell you asunder. Pulling her. Harriet, there needs no violence to tear me from a man who could disguise himself in such a gross manner at a time when he knew I was in the utmost distress. Disengages herself and exit with Russet. Charles alone. Only hear me, sir. Madam, my dear Harriet, Mr. Russet, gone. She's gone, and he gad in a very ill humor, and in very bad company. I'll go after her. But hold, I shall only make it worse, as I did. Now I recollect once before how the devil came they here. Who would have thought of finding her in my own house? My head turns round with conjectures. I believe I am drunk, very drunk. So he gad I'll even go and sleep myself sober, and then inquire the meaning of all this. For I love Sue, and Sue loves me, etc. Exit singing. End of section one. Recording by Chris Pyle.